Youth ministry can be difficult, messy, and even awkward at times. This podcast is to help you embrace those moments better. Whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, or even a parent, we want to give practical tips to help unpack the weird and fringe moments dealing with youth. And now, here are your hosts for Embrace the Awkward podcast, DJ and Kyle. Welcome to episode 45 of the Embrace the Awkward podcast, where we have one goal in mind, and that is to help you handle awkward better. Kyle, today I've got a a story to follow up from our last episode, episode 44. Before I tell that story, give us a 30, no, 12-second rundown of our last episode. We talked about bad methods to share the gospel. Not that the gospel is bad, but simply the method in which we share it to students, and we need to drop those five methods. Wow, that was really accurate in 12 12 seconds. So, yeah, so we did an episode on kind of outdated evangelism methods, things like that, and uh, I wanted to tell a story just about... Uh, not that it was a bad method, but just I know every youth worker will relate to this. Okay. Uh, so we had our fall conference, our like fall early winter conference, and I had this great student um, on the way home from our conferences and camps uh, after lunch or whatever meal we we're having on the way home. I give every student a piece of paper and just I ask like, hey, write a couple paragraphs about what you experienced, what you heard, uh, like what were your favorite parts or your least favorite parts. Just write about it, and then I take them back in and basically. I use those for pull quotes to write an article for the church about how the conference yeah. was. And so okay. um, this great student that I'd had for a couple of years talked about how she finally felt equipped to share the gospel. Oh. And like, awesome. Yeah. Like, that's great. But I was like, we've talked about this a lot. Actually, <laughs> I was just like, were you not this there? This is a 12 last- part series. <laughs> <laughs> and week 12, you, feel, you figure that out. Yeah, or like, you know, when you've got a, a youth kid that just starts hugging on a different counselor during a week or something of camp, and you're like, I, you've known this counselor for a week, and I've been here every single, but sure, that's fine. I love those memes. <laughs> so anyway, this is episode 45. This is part two of a series we're doing, and today we're talking about five kind of fresh evangelism methods that your youth ministry should try. Uh, and so we're we're kind of um, in, the, in this, uh, what's the word I just used? Series, series, right? Yeah, yeah a parter. It's a two-parter. Two-parter. There you go. I can't talk to me. No speak good. <laughs> and and really, this has become a more, um, actually, I would say a bigger passion of mine, evangelism, than in all my ministry years. I've always had a heart for evangelism, but the intentionality and the new methods, I've just gotten on fire the past couple of years for this. Um, and I was challenged, actually, I started, you know, Matthew 20, uh, 28, 18 through 20, talking about, you know, Jesus has authority in heaven, and he says, therefore, go and make disciples. You know that verse, right? Yep. Hopefully, all right? Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully you, <laughs> listener, you also know that, that verse. Um, but it's a very intentional verse that says, therefore, go and make disciples. I heard a challenge once that just blew my mind. The challenge is not to go and be a disciple, but go and make disciples. So it's not about you just having your faith. It's about you doing something with your faith. Mm. So it's about the multiplication. It is about spreading the gospel, okay? Um, And so that's where I think that the salvation is not the end of the journey, but rather the beginning of the journey. We need to realize when it comes to evangelism, this needs to be 
a value or the top three values of your uh, of your youth ministry, and there's methods that can really be more impactful and more effective. And these are some five methods that we found, either through personal experience or through some research and stories of being some new trends. Right. So if you haven't picked up on this trend by now. Um, maybe do some research or get out of the rock you're hiding under. But teens are sharing their faith on social media. Wait, wait, what's social media? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cyber brain, crazy electronic, I don't know. Yeah, um, so this is the first tip. Yeah. Yeah, so social media is a crazy, crazy effective tool. Now, it can be used for good and for bad. But getting teens to live out the gospel in an authentic way online can be insanely powerful. So we use social media all the time, and I see this actually more now than I ever have in my entire life. People use social media to share their opinions and politics and all types of things, but why not train and empower teens to use the to use social media for the gospel? Now, this of course has to be done in the right way because uh, if you're if you you know are commenting on a post and sharing the gospel with someone, but your profile picture is of you out drinking, or there's videos on your page, or you're tagged in photos <laughs> yeah. that don't reflect that, that's probably not great. You also don't want to you know comment on a post of uh, someone who's like, well, she's in a better place now, and it's like, no, your grandma was probably in hell because <laughs> biblically speaking, they didn't, you know, <laughs> burn. <laughs> that's not the correct way to go about doing this. But social media is a tool. There's not like a, you know, it's it can be, it, it is a tool, it and it can be used in different ways, but it's a tool. And, and so I would say um, with this tip, as a youth worker, you probably need to do some training on what you should train your students to share on their faith. But I guarantee it, if there's if your students are sharing their faith, not just a Bible verse, but actually maybe even a video testimony on you know Instagram Reels or on TikTok or something like that, they're actually sharing their faith story and really making an impact. I guarantee you, that's going to spread a lot faster than just doing a big you know back to school bash event. Yep. A really, here's a pro tip. This is a really simple one. I've seen a lot that you can tell your kids. Um, I've seen people who they're reading like a book um, and they'll post a picture of a quote from that book, but won't give, you know, it, it's not like they're, they're it's, it's not an obvious Bible or it's not an obvious Christian book. And they'll post this great quote. And I've had hunt up to up tens of people, which sounds like it's not a lot, but really it is to responding to a post. They go, hey, what book is that? Yeah. And I'm like, it's the Bible. Oh, this, yeah, the Bible, or it's, some, you know, it's <laughs> it's a book by, you know, a person who's really influential in faith, a pastor, something like that. That's a right. really easy way, you know, just chill in your hammock, post. It's a very stereotypical post, but it gauges a lot of interest and can be a great tool for starting a conversation. Yeah. Tip number two in some fresh methods to share about, uh, sorry, fresh evangelism methods to share with your youth ministry is create an apologetics database. Now, this is requires some creativity, some work, uh, all this. But look, the students, and I guarantee you, your students are going out and they're Google searching Bible questions. Yep. They're going out there searching on Instagram, TikTok, their YouTube particularly on, okay, what about this? Is God really real? Is is can you lose your salvation? All these questions. They are. are. And the thing is while you can look at just probably at the name of a website and say this won't be reliable or this <laughs> yes. will, yeah. they cannot do that. And they'll take the first one they click as yeah. that makes sense to them. Now yeah. it's theirs. They'll yep. take it. 
Yep. And so here's the thing. I think especially teenagers have lost the ability to look through scripture and find what they're looking for because the Bible app or Google or just our society has made it easier to get information instantly and not actually take the time to dissect, okay, here's where it is in the Bible. Here's the context of the Bible. Here's what that book of the Bible is for or who is it actually written for and and all that. So this is something that you you can actually help with that, and you can create a web page, or you can just create a playlist on YouTube. It's free. You just have to have an account on YouTube. Yep. And basically, you you can start off with a couple of series. I've done this before, but you start off with a series like uh, "Ask Me Anything." about faith or God or whatnot, and I start collecting all these questions that they text in or they write in all these questions, the students, and then I actually create pages um, from other art, uh, other like YouTubers and professionals who are literally, that's all they do is they make these videos and answer biblical questions, and so you can do that, or you can do your own, and you can record your own 10-minute videos or two-minute videos answering one question at a time, but then you have that database and you can have it searchable. So maybe it's by salvations or maybe it's by, um, you know, end times or whatever else. But you can provide that to your parents. You can provide that for your students. You can provide something where, hey, here's some more meaty training on when it comes to uh, some apologetics. Now, that's not straight evangelism. How you use it for evangelism is you send these out and then you sit down and say, hey, you saw this video? Let's talk about that. And then you can bring up your their faith in Jesus after they watch that video because they have some questions. Answering questions is a very effective way to evangelize. Yeah, and that's I tell my students like at any time if they're talking to someone there's a question that they don't know to just call me. And I've had lots of conversations through via one of my students' phones with a complete stranger right. with them just asking questions, asking questions, and I encourage it. But at the same time, I want to help my students be able to do those things as well. So if we can train them to do that as well, offer yeah. them resources, you know. So here's an interesting quote, um, or sorry, statistic. According to VidIQ, it's a website that that uh, researches database um, situations, and they say 5,400 people a month searches YouTube the question, is there a God? Wow. 5,400 people a month simply at, type in YouTube search bar, is there a God? And I guarantee you, those videos, they're not all good. And so providing a database where it's an easy, um, trusted <laughs> set of videos that you can provide on your web page or, or Instagram page or whatever yeah. is going to be much more effective. Yeah, Kyle, I just pulled it up in case you're curious. I put it, I pull up YouTube and I put in, is there a God? Uh, the first video that popped up is why there's most likely no God. Yeah, so that's the first video. That's the there. very first video that pops remember, up. Remember, YouTube is not your enemy. It is an, a computer program. <laughs> right. And the algorithm is going to get based on the most comments, the most views. And so they're going to put views, videos that have more views or going to get more views at the top of the list. Not about truth. Yep. YouTube doesn't know truth. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so don't expect it to act like a Christian. <laughs> Definitely. So, number three, and this is not really a tip as it more as a philosophy. Students are best equipped to reach other students. Your yeah. students are the best way to reach other students. No offense. It has nothing to do against you of doing your youth ministry or you being a small group leader or a teacher or your impact. 
That is not, I'm not trying to diminish that in any way. But no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you work, no matter how many Gen Z phrases and lingos you say, students are going to be the best way to reach their peers, not just just the church or even youth workers. Yeah, there are, I know there are people who are like, uh, oh, why can't I reach this group, any this age group or whatever? It's like, you know, that might not be who you're supposed to be the primary people to be able to reach. Like God designed you to yeah. reach people in different age groups at different times, and you can equip people to more effectively reach. I mean, like a 50-year-old man trying to talk to a group of high school girls about the gospel versus a 15-year-old girl or what you know, right. like one of those is going to have a way higher chance of success versus the other. So what do youth workers do? Your job needs to switch in not just being an evangelist, but rather being a trainer. Yeah. Your job is to equip students to best evangelize their peers rather than, okay, just invite them to youth group. I'm going to share the gospel message. They're going to raise their hand, and we're going to get people saved. Yep. That can still work. There's nothing wrong with that method. However, this is a fresh take. And so really think about developing a student leadership team or equipping and empowering students to share their faith while they're on the soccer field, while they're waiting in line for the movies. Sitting at the lunch table. Sitting at the lunch table, absolutely. So your job is to be uh, equipping and empowering students. I, I like what Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says. And this is Paul basically saying, okay, there's people in this church for this reason. And here's what he says, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave the church. You know, talking about right. spiritual gifts. He says, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. All of these uh, gifts here are roles of saying, okay, they are now for other people. Then he's, verse 12, he says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the, his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. To ide- uh, um, edify means to build up. Your goal is to build up God's people so they can do the work. Right. Not you do the work, they do the work. And I guarantee you, if you change that mindset just a little bit where you're empowering and equipping student leaders, I, there's going to be more impact and a faster growth yeah. in your youth ministry than almost anything else. Yep. It's just an, it's fascinating how if you can get students behind your mission of helping people f- uh, find and follow Jesus or sharing their faith— it's going to explode. Yep, for sure. This is tip number four. Uh, talk about the journey as much as you can. Uh, salvation is not just buying a ticket out of hell and then just kind of waiting until that point. Uh, it's not, there's been lots of books and, you know, Gospel Fluency. Uh, I wish I could remember who, the, who wrote yeah. that book. I can't remember. Jesus the, did. Jesus did, yeah, uh, <laughs> in a way. No, it's a great book, Gospel Fluency, if I could remember who it's by. Anyway, uh, there's, there's, he talks about this a lot, and it's great, but salvation is not something, it's not about what you're saved from, it's what you're saved for. And and talk Ooh, about good. the journey of, you know, salvation has always been about having a relationship with Jesus that happens now while we're on earth and lasts forever. So, um, you know, when it comes to evangelizing, and we talked about this a little bit with relational evangelism, but trust takes time. And for you to go, hey, you are a sinner, right? and you need to be different, just out of the blue, right off the street, is not going to be great. I mean, think about it. This is just a really, you know, plain way to do it. Back in the times of when slavery was in the United States, like, if I said, hey, you're a slave, 
Don't be a slave anymore. Yep. What have I done to help you <laughs> in that? I mean, that does nothing. And so saying, hey, you're a sinner, stop doing that, or kind of, you know, pointing out things yeah. just doesn't. Yeah, you believe in Jesus, and then you, that's all taken care of. Yep. Well, is it? I still sin afterwards. And, and really, that's an anti, it's an anti-fire and brimstone method. Yeah. It's fear, 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 just get them saved. Forget about discipleship, forget, forget about all this other stuff that follows it. But talk about how faith is so much more like a journey. Um, yeah. And it gives you a purpose that you probably never even thought of before. And your journey is just starting when you say that yes. Yes. That's when the journey starts. Yes. You know, I, so often I see Christians that grew up in the church think that they don't have a story because they were raised in the church. And, yeah, you know, I was born a Christian. <laughs> right. Yeah, literally. I mean, that's I don't have memory of my life before. I was saved when I was four years old. Yeah. And, and I don't have memory of my life really before that. And, like, I could totally believe that my journey was those four years the find of, you know, getting <laughs> right. to that point. And that's, you know, and since then I'm good. Yeah. Um, that's just not true. Right. If if that was true, Jesus <laughs> wouldn't have given us a list of things that we need to take on our jury, the, the, you know, the armor of God and all these different things. Right. Um, and so it's just not, yeah. And that requires someone walking us side by side with these people, and it's a much deeper emphasis on discipleship connecting evangelism disciple discipleship on a much more deeper level in that yeah and so it's just a, a new way to doing things yep number five fresh new take on evangelism for youth workers um try to personalize evangelism to the extreme okay oh, now those are some action words right, right there, there. <laughs> like that yeah yeah <laughs> Those are power words <laughs> but really what this basically means is it's an evangelistic strategy um, where instead of trying to say, hey, you need to save your whole school, you need to save your whole city, like we talked about in the previous episode, how it's too focused or too broad and you need to focus, we try to, and we got this um, idea from other youth pastors, because remember, nothing's underneath the sun, nothing new under the sun, um, according to you know Old Testament. <laughs> we got this from another strategy is the question is, who is your one? So we use one more. That's that's our hashtag one more is our evangelistic strategy. And basically it boils down evangelism to the most personal level is who is your one person you're praying for. So you have to pray for them even before you talk to them. You have to care for them. So prayer, care, and then also share. It's a, a dare to share uh, calls this the cause circle. And they put some, uh, you know, a name in the cause circle and you pray for them, you care for them, and you share Jesus with them. But we, we try to answer the question, who is your one? Who is your one person you're praying for? And are you inviting them to access? Are you sharing Jesus with them? Are you listening to their story? Yeah. Um, and, and so that is a, something that puts responsibility on the student rather than just you. But you have to have an ability to train them, equip them, and share one more stories. Someone says, yeah, I was praying for this person. I, I got invited to youth group or church or I got saved, whatever. Bring them up on stage and celebrate these stories. Like, I, you know what's probably the most proudest moment for my ministry career is when I had, um, I had a student come up on stage, and she says, um, "I was saved because so and so, all right, uh, invited me to youth group." Wow. That person followed up, came up and says, "says uh, came up on stage right after it says." I was saved because so-and-so invited Whoa. me to youth group, and it was an adult leader in that. So you have multiple cool. generations of saying, my faith story is connected to a person who was didn't, I didn't even know. 
That's um, awesome. Invited that. That's something that, man, if you can see that one more mindset, and you don't even have to call it one more. You can do something totally different. But multiple generational evangelism is the way to spread the gospel like wildfire. Because here's the thing. The gospel is one of the most important things, you, if not the most important thing, that we as humans should know. We wow. should know who Jesus is and why he came on this earth, died, but didn't stay dead, was resurrected. Because everything in our life should focus around that huge moment. So why shouldn't we tell people about that? Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. What a cool that's a really cool story. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much for tuning in. The reason we've talked about this this kind of two-parter series here is because we know that the message of Jesus is important and our communities need it sometimes most of the time, way more than we even realize. Yeah, Our communities yeah. are so unreached, and we want to help you, give you some fresh evangelism methods that you should try. And, and if you do, uh, be sure to let us know. We're curious yeah. to know. You know, At a certain point, these five will also be outdated. Imagine <laughs> yep, yep. imagine, you know, true, years true. from now, there's a ministry podcast, and they're going, and we listen to this podcast, and they gave these five ideas that were hip and new, and yeah. These are so... Can you imagine sharing I your know. faith on social media? I know. Like social media, yeah. <laughs> it's already built into a chip in our brain already now. I don't know what's going to happen 20 years from now. Yeah. But we have to constantly look at new methods and realize the message stays the same. The method has to change. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. And thanks for being our friend. We'll see you next time.